Fetlock said nothing. The hole grew big enough for a badger. Looking down at Fetlock as if he were a beetle, Mrs. Wintergreen said, Well, Helen, I must get on home if I want to finish setting out those asters before dinner. Mrs. Haraway said, Please excuse Fetlock, Caroline. He's just a bundle of nerves. Mrs. Wintergreen banged the hedge gate behind her. Taking Fetlock's grubby, rather sticky hand in hers, Mrs. Haraway led him up to her room, laid him out, muddy play shoes and all, on her white velvet chaise long, covered him with her white satin quilt, and said, Now rest, Lammy Pie. Closing his eyes behind his spectacles, Fetlock said, Before I rest, Mumsy dear, may I have something to eat? Oh, sweetheart, of course, said his mother. What would you like? Some broth? No, said Fetlock. I was thinking more of a chocolate malted milk, a big piece of chocolate cake, some strawberry pop, and two or three giant-sized tutti-frutti nut chocolate bars. All that? asked Mrs. Haraway. Yes, sighed Fetlock. I don't really want it, but I must try and keep up my strength. What a dear, brave little boy you are, said Mrs. Haraway, hurrying out of the room. As soon as he could hear his mother's footsteps on the stairs, Fetlock jumped off the chaise long, ran over to the bedside table, opened the drawer, and took out a box of chocolates. He stuffed four in his mouth and six in his pocket, then went to the window and yelled out at Mrs. Wintergreen, who was on her knees by her perennial bed, Hiya, old busybody! Fortunately, his mouth was so full of chocolates it sounded like, Blug, blug, oh, bluggy. Mrs. Wintergreen didn't even turn around. When Mrs. Haraway came staggering in a few minutes later with Fetlock's little snack, He was lying on the chaise long again, his eyes closed. Mrs. Haraway thought he looked so beautiful she almost cried. Making her voice as gentle as a dove coo, she said, Did you call, sweetheart? No, said Fetlock. I was asleep. I was sure I heard someone calling, said his mother, propping him up with lace pillows and arranging the tray on his bony little knees. Perhaps I called out in my sleep, Fetlock said, grabbing the chocolate cake and taking a huge bite of the frosting. I'm very restless, you know. You poor child, said Mrs. Haraway. Would you like Mother to read to you? Before Fetlock could answer, the telephone rang. Mrs. Haraway hurried out in the hall to answer it on the upstairs extension. She said, Oh, yes, Mrs. Mallet. Yes, yes, yes. Are you sure? Are you positive? Fetlock? I'll speak to him. I'm terribly sorry. I can't understand it. Are you positive? Yes, I'll speak to him right away. But when she went in to speak to Fetlock, he was gone as were the malted milk, the chocolate cake, and the two giant-sized tutti-frutti nut chocolate bars. Sighing, Mrs. Haraway brushed some crumbs off the chaise long. The telephone rang again. With a worried frown, she picked up the receiver and cautiously said hello. 
Then her face lit up like a Fourth of July sparkler. She chirped happily, Oh, how sweet of you, Mrs. Workbasket. I'd be simply delighted. Of course, yes, 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 of course. Luncheon tomorrow? Oh, I'll be there. You can count on me. Hanging up the telephone, she rushed to the window and called excitedly to Mrs. Wintergreen. Oh, Caroline, it's happened. It's happened. Mrs. Workbasket has invited me to join the earnest workers. Isn't that wonderful? The first meeting is tomorrow at lunch. Oh, I do hope they will like me. Do you think they will? It would mean so much to Warner's business. Of course they will like you, said Mrs. Wintergreen. There are twenty-five members, and they all are intelligent and have children about the ages of ours. Well, I must finish these asters. I'll see you at Frida Workbaskets tomorrow.